Hi everyone, welcome to April's episode of the podcast and if you are listening to this straight away, I hope you all had a lovely Easter and that you ate all of the chocolate, of course, and don't feel one bit guilty because chocolate and food is life. But if you're listening to this on maybe a random day in September, still happy Easter to you, but um, you know, let's be random. But this month's episode is a Q&A, so since last month I have been asking everyone for like their burning questions, things that they want to know, um, and I'm going to answer them all on this episode. They're all going to remain anonymous and I hope that all of the answers help, whether you've asked a question or not, I hope in some way that these answers help. Um, if anyone does want any more information or more help, please drop me a message. All the details are in the description of the podcast. But for now, let's get on with April's podcast. Let's go with a little Q&A session. So here we are then. Let's crack on with these Q&As. So the first question that I was answered, now I'm going to answer these all anonymously, I'm not going to say who asked me them or things like that and um, I really hope all the answers are helpful. If you want any more information or you're not too sure or you want me to elaborate, obviously drop me a message. So the first one that I got asked was amount of protein that you should be eating and what happens to excess protein or if you eat too much. So I'll start with how much protein you should be eating. So we all know that I talk about protein a lot. It's really essential in the body, essential for our amino acids, our building blocks, our repair, our recovery, and also it helps us keep fuller for longer. So getting good protein amount into the body is really, really important. When it comes to protein amount, it's going to differ for everyone. So if you are not very active, you are probably looking at about 0.8 grams per kilogram body weight. So I've kind of done this one and worked it out on someone who weighs 80 kilo. So if you weighed 80 kilo and you weren't very active and you're looking for 0.8 grams per kilogram, you're looking for 64 grams of protein a day. If you're more active, you're probably looking between 1 to 1.2, maybe even 1.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight so that means if it's one gram it's going to be 80 grams if you're looking at 1.2 grams per kilo it's going to be 96 grams of protein and then if you're going for 1.5 grams per kilo of body weight it's going to be 120 grams but it will depend on how active your life is now too much protein would have to be in excess amount so we're looking at about you know anything like double the kilos in body weight in grams so you're looking at maybe if it was 80 you're looking at like 170 80 90 200 250 grams of protein it would need to be a lot of protein to be in excess you know um, it can put a big burden on your kidneys and your liver um it can end up getting stored as fat it can lead to dehydration in the body um and also can make you be a little bit constipated so things to look out for if the things to look out for if you find that you might be in excess of protein you'll also be weighing a lot as well because it's putting a lot of pressure on the kidneys and the liver so there's things to look out for but it really does not sound really that complicated sometimes but it's really not so if you are not very active you're probably looking at 0.8 to 1 gram per kilo of body weight so again if i'm 80 kilos it's 80 grams if you're quite active, you're looking at between 1 to 1.2 slash 1.5 gram of protein. So if I was going to go for the 1.2, that would be 96 grams of protein a day. 
but this as i say it depends on everyone because everyone's a little different but hopefully that makes a little bit of sense and that also goes into another question that i was asked about amount of calories that you could should be consuming now obviously i cannot give a generic answer on that because a lot of factors come into it as we we're saying before your activity levels a lot is going to come into that so there's something called t d e e calculator so t d e e calculator if you google that if you put in your stats it'll work out calories for you what i am going to say is maybe really really honest about that because I know a lot of people use the TDEE calculator and will lie to it a little bit so that they get lower calories. Remember, lower calories does not always equal weight loss or better. Lower calories is not always the answer. So TDEE calculator, it'll ask you some questions about your lifestyle. It'll ask you like age, height and weight, male and female and stuff like that. Put them in and that should give you your calories. And you'll also tell them what your goal is and what you're looking for. So looking for that up. But please be honest with it. Remembering, I know I keep going on about it, but lower calories doesn't always equal the best, especially if you're very, very active of a person. Okay, next one is what post-workout foods. What should I be eating? There's nothing fancy about post-workout food. It's what you feel like. Making sure it's got some form of protein, it's got a, some form of carbs, some form of good fats in, and making sure that you're staying hydrated post warehouse as well. There's no thing to need to have it need to have a protein shake within 20, 30 minutes of the warehouse. That's bullshit. You don't need to be doing that. But you do need to obviously replenish and replace into the body. So something that's got good protein, carbs, fat. What are you what you feel like on that day? What you feel your body needs. But don't think you'd have to rush home or you'd have to start walking around shaking your protein shaking the changing rooms as you've got to get that protein in within that 30 minute block or like it's the end of the world it's not just make sure that you're eating something it's always good if you've got something prepared isn't it because then you're not going to go and like pick and snack somewhere else so um yeah that's another one i'm staying on the subject of food someone asked me this now i am always always honest if something is not in my remit if something is not my niche and it's something i do not know anything about i will not try and just lie and just sit here and chat absolute wham and just try and pretend to know about it so someone asked me about cutting food for cutting and food for bulking this is not my speciality this is actually a speciality of a friend of mine called michelle and if you go onto instagram it's team bikini queens if you go on to there she helps women who want to prep for competitions and things like that so if you go on and she will have all information on there some really good programs that she does i'm going to try and get her on actually um soon to talk about the starting of the prep and in case anyone wants to go into competition so i'll always be honest it's not my it's not my thing it's not my remit um but yeah team team bikini queens on instagram and that's michelle so you need to speak to her okay so the next one was someone has an injured shoulder how do you train and get yourself back and get your strength back while you're injured the main thing i'm going to say is um you need to get it investigated because we all if we injure ourselves we unless we get a professional to look at it we're not going to know what the actual injury is we're not going to know if it's bone related we're not going to know if it's tendon if it's ligaments if it's muscle if it's just a little bit of a strain, if it's something weird. So always, if you've got an injury, err on the side of caution and always go to a professional, whether that's a physio, a GP, a sports therapist, go to someone who will be able to diagnose and tell you um, specifically what's wrong before you try and do anything to rehab it. Once you know, you should be focusing on some mobility, keeping the joint mobile because 
no matter what, you don't want that joint to stiffen up and lose any form of range of motion. So mobility is really key. Most of the time, you'll be starting back on body weight stuff and on smaller and lighter weights, and then obviously building yourself up from there. Um, but and also, if you've got an injured body part, train another body part. You know, do something else. It's because you've got an injured shoulder doesn't mean you can't do anything. So look at other things that you can do. You might need to mix your training up a little bit. You might need to add some swimming in. You might need to add something that's non-weight bearing. But always get it investigated because you need to know the severity of the injury before you start working on it. The next one was anxiety over health. Now, I have been here, so I'm not going to say I've got all the answers, but it is a lot more common than you think having anxiety over our health. Um, one thing I will say is to always go and speak to a professional about this. So always go and speak to, it doesn't have to be a, a medical professional. It could be a therapist or someone to get over this anxiety. But also as well, trying to dig deep to see why you've got that anxiety. There's always something that triggers it, isn't it? For me, what triggers it for me was when my granddad was really ill in hospital and then when he passed away and I started getting all really anxious about my health and went a bit like crazy about it um, and, and started just, it, it really took over my life and I had, to, I had to sit with these feelings and I had to dig deeper and see why. So sometimes it, you have to be uncomfortable with the feelings to get over to, you have to go through to get, go through something to get over something or to, to find out better ways of coping mechanisms to cope with it. So although this isn't that this is the answer, I would definitely say that um, it is, it is very, very common. And um, I would find what the root cause of it is. What is it that's triggering it? And then work on that. But always going to see someone who is a professional in that field is always going to really, really help. Another one that was asked was about cortisol and weight gain. So cortisol is your stress hormone. It should be higher of a morning and lower of an evening. So every morning when we wake up, it's high and then it gradually starts to drop as we go to sleep. It's our fight or it's our like fight or flight. So that, that way the body um knows that there's a threat coming. And when there's a threat coming, so think back to like I always use this analogy because it's easier but think back to like caveman times and they might have been chased by a bear or something and they're foraging for food it's to put themselves in that fight or flight and then or when you were struggling to find food and you're finding for it so then the the body stores fat as a protection mechanism for the body so that's why we don't want the cortisol levels to be too high obviously we don't live in those times now where we're foraging around and having bears chasing us i'm sure we're not um but that is what that's why it does so if, the, if there's excess cortisol in the body it, the body will cling on to body fat as a protection mechanism for yourself for your organs for your bones for your joints and that is why cortisol can cause weight gain so we always want it to be higher of a morning and then as the day goes on we want it to gradually drop so then when we're going to sleep Obviously, our stress hormones aren't high. Getting good night's sleep. That moves on swiftly, nicely to my next point. You know, you'd think I'd plan this, wouldn't you? Yeah, you really would. You wouldn't think I was sat here with a pen scribbled enough. All the things I've got to say. So, switching off of a night, how do you do it? Now, I can be a bit of a bugger for this. But do you remember when you were a kid... And you had a bedtime routine, didn't you? And it was this. And you went to bed at a certain time. And you don't seem to do the same things every night before you went to bed. So you might have had your bath. You might have um, 
you know, had some like warm milk or something, read a story, and it'd always be that wind down, wasn't it? But have you noticed as adults, we just don't do that anymore. We don't have that bedtime routine. So being able to switch off of a night is getting yourself into this bedtime routine, you know, making sure that the place where you sleep is a relaxed environment. It hasn't got any distractions in there, like your phone. How often do we say we're going up to bed and the next minute we're lying on our phone? I've been guilty of it for half an hour, an hour just scrolling on random stupid videos of cats on TikTok and stuff like that so making sure that that environment that you're sleeping in hasn't got these technological distractions you know the blue light coming from the phone and the television also look at the food and drink that you're consuming you know the, the three four hours before you go to sleep are you consuming stuff that's laying really heavy on the stomach are you consuming some caffeine based stuff are you consuming something alcoholic maybe reading reading really helps me if you're feeling stressed out and things like that you can maybe write a to-do list so you can deal with that in the morning but getting yourself back into that bedtime routine just as you would when you were a kid and getting yourself into that routine that allows the body to wind down before you go to sleep that is massively going to help you get your body and your mind into that relaxed state, ready to drift off to sleep. So having a look at the bedroom, you know, maybe some things need to be moved around, you know, maybe some things need to be made a little bit more comfortable. Is the room too hot? Is the room too cold? Is the bed not right? The pillow, the mattress, there's lots of things to look at, but being able to switch off at night and writing a to-do list and things that you've got to do for the next day helps because it feels like it leaves your mind. And then, you know, you might take your phone to bed, it might be an alarm, but putting it on aeroplane mode, having that, like, no screen glare before you go to sleep is really helpful. So reversing back to a child, getting that bedtime routine in. I was also asked, how can you gain muscle and not lose weight? So biggest one there is to lift weights, to lift weights. Um, obviously, if you're a beginner, you're starting off light, but to start to lift weights and to start to challenge yourself and lift a little bit heavier if you can. You know, eating well, making sure you're getting that protein in, going back to the beginning of the of the podcast as well and making sure you're getting your good fats and your carbs you know prioritizing sleep which is massive and also staying hydrated is really help it's going to really help but to, to gain muscle and to get to gain strength you are looking at lifting weights and that might be mean that you have to challenge yourself if you're a beginner obviously we start off body weight and we build ourselves up to start to lifting weights again I also got asked for someone who is an unhealthy asthmatic what they can do to help. So the first thing I would say is to find something that you enjoy and something that you can start slowly and start to see yourself progress. So it could be maybe swimming, it could be going on a stationary bike at the gym, it could be going for a walk, it could be walking up and down the stairs, it could be something like that, you know, start starting with something you enjoy so something that you're going to keep sustainable something that you're going to be able to to keep going with rather than something you'll give up on and always remembering that everyone started slow so you know start small steps these small steps always lead to bigger bigger things but we've all got to start start somewhere so not giving up because you've only done five minutes you know five minutes is better than none if you do 10 minutes the next week you've doubled your thing so when you're focusing on that focus on what's right for you don't focus on what everyone else is doing or what someone else who maybe hasn't got asthma is doing or even someone who has focus on your thing start slow maybe keep a log of your progress so you can see where you've come from and um and listen to your body as well what your body's saying have you done too much or can you do a little bit more making sure you're staying hydrated as well and if you need to going back to speaking to your gp about some type of inhaler or medication 
that they that they might be able to help with. Got two more to go. Promise, just two more. Okay, the next one is that got asked how can you like slim down your arms but not lose weight again we are going back to lifting weights again so slimming down arms you can't spot reduce fat um you, you just can't it, it'll go where it wants to go but you can build muscle and tone i hate the way tone but you know what i mean around one area so lifting weights eating protein getting protein into the body if you're new again starting with body weight stuff but even if you're not new body weight stuff is amazing like look at gymnasts pilates is really good as well so pilates is such a good um workout for the whole body but also good for building body weight strength it's good for our mindset and it's good for our core so there are some of the things that i would suggest doing and our final one is best way to improve cardio just start that is the best way start slow find something that you're going to enjoy so if you hate running but you want to build your cardio up, but don't go running, then find something else to do. Find something that you're going to be able to stick at that's going to help you improve. Make sure you track your progress as well. So maybe you did, maybe try some intervals. Well, this time I only did three intervals. Next time I might do four. Um, Something that you can enjoy, something that may be a challenge, challenging yourself towards something. Cardio can be anything. It doesn't have to be running it can be walking it can be swimming it can be going to a hit class it can be using cardio machines in the gym and they don't always have to be one flat thing for 10 minutes you can up and down with the levels you can up and down with the speed challenging yourself in those way doesn't always have to be you have to do longer sometimes you can do the same amount of time but just mix up so mixing up the intervals so hit hit classes are really good for things like that if you want non-weight non bearing cardio you're looking at your bikes and your cardios but it's always good to keep a progress as well so you can stay. But the best the best thing to do with improving your cardio is just to start. We all have to start somewhere. If you want to be a runner, we all have to start somewhere. Five minutes is better than none. If you're doing it, if you're doing like intervals at home and, and hip-based intervals, you know, maybe in the first time you only do three burpees, maybe next time you do five maybe it's interval based running or walking on the treadmill on the cross chain or up and down with the levels finding things you know experimenting with things and finding something that's going to stick with you I, I i'm not a runner so if i want to improve my cardio i'm not going to go for a run because i am not going to want to do it and i'm going to run around in a circle and run back home so i'd find something that i enjoy so maybe doing a little bit of hit maybe doing the cross trainer the stairmaster something like that that's going to help improve you know just because something works for someone doesn't mean that it's going to work for you so it's about finding that thing for you and that comes with everything that comes with any type of exercise um whether it's cardio lifting weights classes it comes with nutrition what type of stuff you eat there's no one size fits all for everything yeah okay there's simple rules and there's things that we can adhere to to help us but there's no one size fits all we all um we're all going to need something quite specific to us so I hope you have enjoyed this Q&A session today and thank you millions for everyone who sent me a question. I, from what I know, I've answered all of them, all of the questions that I got. But for some reason, if I have left your question out, then please drop me a message and I will personally answer it. If anyone's got any questions or needs any more help on this, then please let me know. Enjoy the rest of April. Enjoy the rest of the month. Hopefully it's, it's time for more sunshine and it's time for like, you know, no more big coats that we have to wear. Hopefully we can really start getting on our way to summer now. 
but yeah i will be back next month with the next episode uh, anything you want me to talk about make sure you go and check it out or the other ones and if there's something you want, want me to talk about just let me know i'm hoping to get some guests on soon who are like special like i've got a speciality in their field so hopefully i'll be able to do that but apart from that thank you for joining me as always if you're listening on like spotify or apple please leave me a rating and review and make sure you share the podcast so we get it out there and if this is the first one you found go straight back to the beginning because there's about another 50 odds for you to go listen to thanks as always keep smiling and i'll hopefully see you all next month bye